everybody. Welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. I am your host, Aaron Witt, joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Happy Monday. We are here to talk about dirt and make the dirt world a better place. That's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. The mission is to make the dirt world a better place. Capitalize all those letters of those words. Yeah. Exclamation point at the end. Correct. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Well, we're figuring it out. It will be an indefinite work in progress. That's kind of the point, right? Yeah. I think we talked about it on the internal podcast that with a mission like make the dirt world a better place, you don't like accomplish that. It's not like we did it. No, and there's there's there uh, so so there's there's pros and cons to it. Pros is big, lofty, feel good about it. And we can roll with it for a very long period of time. Yeah. We're building a company that I want to be around beyond myself as an individual. And I think a mission like that's the foundation of, of something like that. However, it does create confusion, which is what we're facing right now and trying to simplify in the sense that, okay, that's cool. I understand it, but what is my role in helping accomplish that? And then how do we know if we're accomplishing that? Mm-hmm. And so that's where a finite mission comes into play is like, let's put a man on the moon. Okay. Because then once you do, you have done that. Uh, yeah. So I see that up there. That's really far away. Totally ridiculous, but I can I can understand it. Yeah. So after thinking about it, we're very happy with our mission. Yeah. Our team's bought in on it but we're working through some confusion right now internally as far as what everybody's role in that mission is and how to break it down into more manageable pieces. Yeah. Can't eat a, uh, a giant piece of cheese without taking one bite at a time. Isn't it? You can't eat an elephant. I've heard, yeah, I couldn't remember what it was. I've heard there's a couple like different things. There's a thing from the West Wing where they talk about a whole city ate like a giant piece of cheese. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, it is the elephant. It is, it is the elephant, but also eating, I don't know if elephant is actually a like a a real meal. I'm sure people have eaten elephant somewhere. It'd be pretty filling. But I, I, I don't look at an elephant and be like, yeah. It looks tough. That That's looks all I'm really yummy. Yeah. Pretty uh, gamey. <laughs> I I'd say so. Yeah. And then sure you have the 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 legal components and the moral components since they're very, very smart. But other than that. It's, it's ethically questionable. Let's not uh, let's not endorse elephant eating here. We are not we're specifically not pro elephant eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, that's a good a good way to put it. <laughs> I'm not necessarily saying we're anti elephant eating, though we might be, but we're not ready to make a a, a strong statement. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll 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 research it and we'll get back to everybody. We got to run that past legal first. <laughs> oh boy, and and everybody else. Um, so to get into see. We're just going off on all kinds of things. We just recorded an <laughs> internal podcast before this and we talked, I don't know, five or 10 minutes about Santa Claus and the fundamental issues. It with, was important stuff, okay? It is It is very curious. Yeah. You just want to know. I mean, it's, it's something totally made up. And yet we're trying to break down the outerlying pieces, which no one has really like defined. Yeah, and, and we, we, just, we, we just spent an enormous amount of time talking about how important trust is. And yet we're essentially just lying and misleading our children into thinking this fat guy is real. Maybe we are. Maybe it's, we aren't. Um, we're not I'm, taking a stand on that either. I'm very, I'm, maybe we need to put a disclaimer in before I just said that in case there's children listening to this. Yeah. 
Do you think the uh, explicit warning does enough of that? <laughs> yeah, me me swearing yeah. from time to time. You know what? Hopefully there aren't children listening to this, but if there are, we're Maybe sorry. Maybe the spirit of the podcast is what permeates into the children of the world. That we're excited about the dirt world. That was deep. And that's what we're trying to that was put deep. out there. Well, I with, with YouTube videos, since so many people have showed sent me their kids watching our YouTube videos, we do... I have told Matt to clean them up sure, because I do want them available for children as well to watch, get excited about the dirt world, yeah. you know, make the dirt world a better place, going to our mission, you know, raising that next generation is a big piece of it. Uh, but here, this is a safe place. I think we're pretty good. So if we want to say shit, we can. If we want to say shit, we're just going to say it. Yeah. Take that FCC. <laughs> Unreg- the unregulated world of podcasting. Yep. It's the wild, wild west. Big dirt will never take us down. Yeah. It's a real shame for all of those radio stations and big media companies with so little control over what people can and can't say these days. You know, which is why so many of them have moved to podcasts. It's like, oh, people listen to podcasts. That is true. I can say whatever I want on a podcast. It's just more fun to just say whatever you want without the FCC or big dirt bearing down on you. Mm-hmm. And slapping your wrist every every so often. We just don't want that. We want to be free. No, yeah. Big Dirt doesn't own Dirt Talk. They never will. Good. They have no claim to us. Uh, well, before we get into questions, I just wanted to highlight what I did this week. Um, I spent. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll fast forward even further back. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm about to have my lawn mode right now, so it might get noisy. Is that your guy? Yeah, that's okay. my guy, and I. So he brings. It's him and his like 10 year old son. They're going to start mowing and it's going to get very noisy. Okay. So this might be a problem, but we'll do what we can do. We'll do what we can do. Um, So beginning of this week, we had about 20 construction executives from the build it partnership coming to Nashville, Tennessee. We had about five people from our team. So we had, uh, I think 25, 26 people and we put them through echelon fronts, FTX field training exercise echelon front is, did I explain this in the last podcast? If in yes, case, but you can right. give a so tiny just, piece. Just real briefly, Jocko Willink, Leif Babin, both Navy SEAL leaders, Jocko commander in, uh, in the SEAL teams for quite a long time. They wrote a book a ways back called Extreme Ownership. If you haven't read it, couldn't recommend it more. Dichotomy of Leadership, created a consulting business based on leadership strategies and tactics called Echelon Front. I think I did our explain this. Yeah. So we had our FTX event this this past week in Nashville at an indoor airsoft facility. So it was 26 people of our people versus a few former Navy SEALs, special operations, former military professionals. It was really cool to see. I didn't participate. I just observed. And it was fascinating because you'd have our group plan their mission. They'd come up with the perfect plan. They would get into quote unquote combat they would actually execute pretty well after a few missions. It took them, like the first mission, I didn't even know what I was looking at. It was just a total disaster. Yeah. Absolutely no structure or control whatsoever. But um, we uh, to see them execute and then something would change dramatically and everything would completely fall apart mm-hmm. was so interesting to see. And they talk a lot about detachment. And, and so- you know, a situation, you're emotional, you're, you're, you're all worked up. Yeah. 
you're, not, you're, you're, you're looking at just a small piece of it. If you just step back and detach from the situation, you can actually see the big picture. So I was de totally detached from the situation. They weren't. They were in, you know, you know, they, they, they were sweating. They were breathing heavy. Their, their heart rates were really elevated. They were getting their asses handed to them by Navy SEALs. And I saw so clearly what they needed to do. And it was, it was pretty obvious to me, but to them, it was just total chaos. And coming out of this, I told you, here comes the lawnmower. It was, what's up, dude? We're really excited for the studio. Yeah, fair. Because there won't be lawn mowing outside the window no. because we don't have a window in the studio. Or a lawn. Or a lawn in the studio. We could get a little fake grass patch. Yeah, that would be cool. To make it homey. Just like lay down yeah. in the fake sun. Okay, so we, we had the FTX. Yes. It was really cool hearing what these people learned. Everybody coming out of that was like, I've never been involved in an event like that before. And that was a total game changer. I view leadership completely differently. And I cannot wait to take these principles that we learned and implement them into my company, my personal life, whatever it may be. And that's the cool thing about leadership too, is that it's not all just about how to make my business better. It's how to make my life better. You know, everybody's a leader. And so if you're a parent or in a relationship, you can take these principles and apply that to your personal life just as much as you can apply it to business. So super, super, super cool to see that. Back end of the week was what I was really looking forward to. Yeah. I went up to Northeastern Washington state, about two and a half hours North of Spokane. And we met with the Echelon Front team up there. So it was myself and nine other individuals from all over the country that did all kinds of different things from doctors to businessmen to invest investors, whatever it may be. It was yeah. a really good group of folks. So it was just 10 of us. And then there was Jocko, Life, and three other former SEALs from their team, three other instructors that they have talking about leadership for two days. And that was it. We would just sit on the deck overlooking the mountains of Washington, talking about leadership and sit around the campfire and talk about leadership yeah. and ride horses and talk about leadership. It was just two days really thinking through what leadership is and how we can lead more effectively. And it was super eye-opening. I've read the books, I've listened to the podcasts, but this was, I just heard things that, that were completely different before. Traditional leadership is so far from what we think strong leadership actually looks like. It's really all rooted in listening, caring, putting your ego aside, allowing others to be the hero, allowing others to, to come up with the plan. And I still need to review my notes. I have a lot of notes and a lot to chew on. Sure. And next week I'm going to Montana for a week, so I'll actually have time to chew on it. But I'm so appreciative to be learning these lessons at 26 years old instead of 56 years old. Yeah. Because a lot of the people there were older and they're looking at it like, I've never heard this before. This is totally, this is a total game changer. And the exciting thing for me is, you know, I'm hearing this now as a 26 year old and I have this amazing organization that I have the opportunity and gift to lead. So I can take these principles and apply them immediately to this organization and hopefully become a much more effective leader and serve our people much better. I've never been to an event even remotely close to this. Yeah. I've been to some cool stuff, but nothing even touches. It sounds pretty intimate, you know, with the small group of people. Yeah. And yeah, you can just like, yeah, it was just like 
you'd be sitting at lunch with Jocko and you'd just be kind of shooting the shit with him. And you could just ask him whatever you want. And he's like, holy shit, this is, this is Jocko right here. This, <laughs> this guy's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and, and Leif was incredible. And then the other three guys, um, Jason, Andrew, and Steve, all former SEALs were just fantastic. And then the Echelon Front team that they had there as well, all just such great people. Did the time feel pretty structured? Not really. So there was some structure. Sure. Like at this time, we're going to be doing this. Yeah. Or- but it was like, okay, hey, all morning, we're going to be having a roundtable discussion on leadership. But it wasn't like, okay, we need to talk about this topic, this topic, this topic. It wasn't like, topic. here's the agenda for the next hour. No. And it wasn't, it wasn't really rehearsed either. Like they, like Jocko, he had some talking points, but the second day, his entire, this is, this is what was really cool was all of his talking points the second day were based on a conversation he had the prior day with a group of people. Mm -hmm. And it got him really thinking about, Hey, so leadership, it seems like it's intuitive for me but it's really not. And this is my process on here's the questions I ask when I'm making a decision, which looks like intuition to people on the outside, but it's just a process. And here's the process. And this is what I thought about last night. And he's like, wow, this is really real. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm all about learning from people that have really done it. And it's like, this guy, it was in the SEAL teams for multiple decades. He's been in leadership positions he yeah. understands how this stuff plays out. And then not only that, but they've consulted hundreds of some of the biggest, most successful companies in the United States at this point on how to apply these principles to business. So it's not just like, hey, we're some military guys. This worked out really well in the SEAL teams. This is going to work great for you. Yeah, It's their nonstop relating the principles back to business, back to business, back to business. And they have such a good understanding of how business works that it made it very easy to say, okay, cover and move. They're talking about from a military standpoint, but I can understand how that applies to build what and how we need to do a better job there. Yeah. So I'm very lucky, very fortunate, very humbled, and I'm excited to think through leadership at a higher level than I have before. I have a lot to work on. Do you have any anxiety about that? So initially it's overwhelming because you realize, holy smokes, I'm really bad at this. And then it's empowering because leadership is a skill. Yeah. So anyone can improve upon it. Anyone can become become a great leader. Mm -hmm. And now I have the information and knowledge to improve upon it. So now what's missing is I need to do the work. I need to put that information and knowledge into practice in our business, learn, iterate. And in theory, I should become a better and better leader. Yeah. You, you talked about something a couple of weeks ago that I've been thinking about a lot. We haven't talked about it in person, but saying how a lot of companies outpace their leadership's abilities to lead that group. Yeah. And I just have never thought about that before. But when you think of like these large companies that, you know, start like in somebody's bedroom and like that person was probably great leading four or five people. And then all of a sudden they're running like a giant enterprise they don't just like learn the precise skills they need by growing with the rest of the team. Like they have to be really intentional about that. And that's just something I've never thought about before. Well, and I, it's like, like you, you got it or you don't is how I've considered it. You know, you see it a lot in construction. You, yeah. And we've talked about this. You have a guy that gets really good at digging holes or laying pipe, scales the business, has this massive company because 
he has this fantastic skill set of actually building work, but he doesn't have the skill set of leading effectively. Yeah. And and it, sure, you can create a very successful, very wealthy company, even as a poor leader in this world, mm-hmm. but it's that's going away very quickly. And if you can't lead effectively, this younger generation doesn't want anything to do with that. Yeah. They don't want to be micromanaged. They don't want to be mistrusted. They don't want to not have access to information. They they want strong leadership. And if you can't provide that to them, they're not going to work for you. Yeah. And and it's it's really eye-opening. And and just their concept of extreme ownership and how 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 much it comes into play in the real world. Like all of these companies right now are blaming everybody else or even all these companies right now, they're they're and and I get it. Like there is there is some level of merit to the discussion, but also not really. It's like a lot of these companies are blaming the fact that that the unemployment insurance is is still really high. Yeah. And they're like praising, you know, these government uh, these governors for getting rid of it. And it's like I okay, I get that. Like yeah, it's really high and you're paying people more to stay home than to work. But also you're just blaming that for your own issue. Like you're blaming that something that you can't control yeah. on the fact that you can't get a workforce, which is 100% your responsibility. No one else's responsibility. Yeah. And so you're just sitting there and rather than, how, okay, asking yourself, how do I make my company better? How do I lead more effectively? How can I make this a much better place to work? How can I make this a company that people love working for, that want to come to work for, that everybody here that, that currently works here tells everybody they know about? How do I do that? And instead, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of blaming, playing victim. There's just a lot of that. And, and it's frustrating for me because it's like, at least for us, hey, everybody I need within this organization is 100% my responsibility, which goes back to our values. Develop 3X people. Our responsibility to develop those 3X people. No one else's. Yeah. You know, I think the attitude of saying, well, if people can get paid more to stay at home, then they're never going to come work. I think that's almost the new millennials don't like to work hard. They just want easy jobs. It's yeah. like, yes, you can sure you can say that, or you can make your place good enough that people see that's a place I that's a place I want to work. That's an organization I want to be a part of. Yeah, humans they're they're not inherently lazy. I just don't no. buy into that. Everybody wants to do something, and sure, okay, sure, there are unmotivated people out there, sure. absolutely. But most human beings they want to add something. They want to do something, and 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 these people just paint with a broad brush. Like, yeah, they're just all lazy. It's like, maybe they just haven't had an opportunity to actually do something with their lives that's valuable beyond just make money. What yeah. if they've never had a, a, the opportunity to work at a company worthwhile? And it, it's just, it's very frustrating to me. And okay, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe this is a big problem, paying all these unemployment benefits still to this day that adds up to being a lot of money. Even if, if that's true, and that is a lot of money, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You can't do anything about it. But you can do something about, hey, maybe I can just create a much better place to work here. Well, that's sort of where the extreme ownership thing comes into play for me when I think about it. It's like you you can't do something about you know, what the government requires of you in terms of a business. No. However, you can make your organization more attractive to a workforce if that's where you feel like you're missing is you don't have as robust a workforce as you wish you had or your your the jobs you get require that that's the thing you have like some control over you have 
You have total control over it. Yeah, total control. I mean, I'm, it, I'm comparing it to something you don't have any control yeah, over. Yeah, or uh, they, 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 they made a good example. And this is, this isn't me saying this. This is them saying this. Yeah. And it's like, like even Jocko, when we were at the fire the other day, he was, you know, com- he was, you know, people saying, oh, millennials don't want to work this and that. Like, it's, it's just nonsense. But they were saying like, okay, you as a leader, people aren't listening to you. What do you do? They said, you listen more. Listen to your people. Yeah. What are they saying? If you want them to listen, you should be listening first. You should take responsibility and ownership of that. Them not listening to you is your failure, your problem. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a really empowering mindset to have, especially as a young person to recognize that, wow, this is my responsibility. Yeah. And, and it's empowering because it's like, man, I don't just have to sit here and believe that this workforce that I need is just gonna, is, is, is controlled by all these other people. It's really, it's really up to me to do this. Yeah. And it's overwhelming at first, but then it's like, whoa, we can actually do this. So I, I, I don't want to get too ranty about it, but it was just, it was a very eye opening few days for me. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see how that like bears out in what we're doing and, you know, the mission at large of make the world a better place. I hope it takes shape. It will. Uh, we got a couple questions. Great. Jump into them. Uh, first one is from Abraham Macias. As a sales rep for a cat dealer who sells rental fleet and lease return units, how would a company owner recommend a sales rep such as I approach them as new business? Just seriously look to help them. <laughs> and that's, that's what we talked about is like this past week too. It's, it's just come at it from a very caring perspective. I'm going to come at it from, I'm going to help this business owner make their business better. I'm going to solve their problems. And maybe that's not just selling them a machine day one. Sure. Ultimately you do want it to result in machine sales, but just approach it from how can I help them? How can I help them become better? How can I solve some of their problems? And maybe that has nothing to do with equipment on day one. Yeah, I mean the the relationship is a big part of having a business relationship. Yeah, just build it. <laughs> you know? And and something they said that was really important and really stuck out to me was they kept saying intent has a smell. Love that. Intent Love that. Has a smell. Yeah. And so if your intent is just to sell them something, people are smart, they're going to pick up on that. Well, you know what we're all really good at? Smelling bullshit. Yes. And it's yes. like, this guy's coming here because he wants money. People are smart. They can pick up on that yeah. very, very quickly. So if your intention is just to make a sale and, and your intention is just to create benefit for yourself. Manipulate that relationship so you can get the money you want. It's never going to work, man. Yeah. And maybe it does work once, twice. It's, it's going to catch up with you at some point. Whereas if your intention really is pure, if your intention really is, how can I help them? Yeah. How can I genuinely help you become more successful? You're going to go really far, but it's, it's a, they said direct and indirect approach. So your direct approach would just be just trying to sell them a machine. Just, just, Hey, Hey, how can, how can I sell you a machine? And I see sales people do this all the time. Sure. Indirect approach is I am going to build this relationship, build trust, care for them. And it looks, it's difficult because it looks like a short-term loss. You're not okay. Maybe you're not making that sale. Maybe your, your, your goals for whatever month or, or year are down because you're building those relationships, because you're caring so much. But long-term, you are going to win 10 out of 10 times. No question about it. Yeah. So that's how I would do it. And we, we do that a lot. It's <laughs> With our business, it's not really about 
it's still a business. We still have to make money, but it's not really about how do we make the most money here. It's about how do we deliver the most value for our partners. We don't show up to new meetings with a contract. No, no. It's not like, hey, by the end of this, I need you to sign this or this was worthless for me. No. That's not how it is at all. It's let's build a relationship. And sometimes those relationships happen really fast and other times they don't. And that's fine too, because like we're still just working towards, you know, maybe we can provide value to you in some way. And that's cool. And this stuff takes a lot of time. Like we we're we're working on a, a pretty large project with Carter Machinery now, a, yeah. a cat dealer. I started talking with Carter almost three years ago. Yeah. Or maybe even three years ago. It might have been it it was I don't know when it was, but it was a long, long time ago yeah. where I started talking with Carter. And sure, we've done little projects here or there, but we've always we've always known we can help them in a significant capacity. But I also had to understand that it's just going to take time to build those relationships and level of trust to even put ourselves in a position to help them. And and so we've done we've done a lot of little things for them, but now we have the opportunity to do something bigger. And I hope it's it's very successful. Yeah, but I believe it will be. Um, but it took a long time to get there. It took three years, mm-hmm. and initially that very it frustrated me. And it looks like a loss. But look at where we're going now. Yeah. Well, that that's when it starts to seem worth it. You yeah. know. Yeah. And even then, I mean, it's still relationship building, which is always, you know, not a, a negative. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Abraham. That was a good question. Next question. It's from Chad Bunn. What do some of the best construction managers you guys are partnered with? Read, follow, listen to, etc. I'm new to the management role and I'm always looking to grow and learn how to be a better person and leader. Not to keep talking about extreme ownership and echelon front, but dude, I would start there. And I, I like I'm hope I hope I'm coming off in a genuine sense because it's like we're receiving nothing from Echelon Front to talk about them. Aaron always sits really forward in his seat when he talks about this stuff, by the way. Yeah. It's 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 and, and and it's not like I just went to this event. It was like this rah rah thing where you're coming out of a conference. Like yeah, no, I extreme ownership. Like it it, it was none. It was none of that. Yeah. It was just just low key conversation for two days, and there was no agenda, no big speeches, nothing. It wasn't. It's just I, I I'm such a strong believer in it. I was before I w- went there, and now it's only solidified my belief in them even further. Start with something like that. Start with, start with extreme ownership. Start with dichotomy of leadership. Start with anything that makes you a better leader, that builds you as an individual. So, or like uh, Jordan Peterson, he said on a, a podcast not too long ago, it's like, hey, if you want to go make the world better, if you want to change the world, start with you. Start with your household. Like you want to go solve all these big problems, but it's like your dishes aren't even done, dude. Like maybe do your dishes first. And it's like, that sounds ridiculous. You're like, ah, oh, you know, screw you, dude. Yeah. Then you think about it, you're like, that actually has a lot of merit to it. Start with you as an individual. How can you develop yourself? And there's so much information out there. I could list off a million different podcasts and books and this and that, but I would just recommend, and, and this is, I'm just saying this. I'm not saying this as an expert. I'm saying this is what I'm doing as an individual. Yeah. I am more focused on developing myself as an individual and a leader more than ever before. Cause I recognize that that is my responsibility to the organization is to become an effective leader. And to do that, I need to develop that skill set. So I need to get the knowledge and then apply it. Do you feel like you're finding 
you are learning questions you wished you had been asking. As the more you learn, like the more you learn about leadership, the more you realize you don't know about leadership. Yeah, it's like the Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah, yeah, you're you're you know you, you think you're really good at it. You learn more about it. You realize how dumb you actually are and how much you need to learn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm at that point where. I realize how dumb I really am and how much I need to learn. But then I'm empowered because it's a skill set. I have the information and I'm, I know I'm willing to do the work. Yeah. I'm doing the work. I know I can do more work. I'm going to make it happen. It's not like finding out like, oh man, there's an asteroid out there that might hit the, might hit the earth. It's like, man, that sucks. There's nothing you can do about <laughs> it. Like, yeah. what are you going to do about it? Other than live more intentionally until it strikes the earth. Whereas yeah. like this, it's like, okay, overwhelming a little a little bit of a bummer because i'm so bad at this but i can get better and i am going to do the work to get better yeah which is very empowering but a big part of it is checking your ego and i have a i have a long way to go before i can totally do that like even even the past few days i just start to recognize how often my ego is speaking and it is remarkable and just like, okay, I need to shut that up. <laughs> yeah. Or just, yeah, just becoming aware of it. Like, dude, yeah. I am right now, this conversation in my head is completely driven by my ego. Sure. But that's the first step is just becoming aware of it. Once you're aware of it, then you can start working through it. So I don't know. If you're a leader, if you're a manager in this industry, if you want to be a manager, you want to be a leader in this industry, develop yourself as an individual. That's where I would start. Yep. Like I said, and like they said, if you want people to listen to you, listen more. It's a simple concept, but it's really hard to do. And well, I, yeah, and especially like it's hard mean for me that. to do. Yeah, yeah, and and, to, and going back to intent has a smell mm-hmm. to actually listen, not just like okay, I'm going to listen more because I want these people to listen to me. Yes, you still you need to like you need to hear and digest that that input before you just like okay, now that I've been listening, now I'm going to say what I want to say. Correct. So that's where I would go. I'm 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 just saying this. Because that's where I'm at right now. All right on. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, Chad, good question. Thanks for reaching out. All right, last question. I might, fun fact, I might actually see Chad's dad when I go to San Diego in a few weeks. No way. Meaning to reach out to him, yeah. Nice. Uh, Last question from Jason Davenport. Have you guys considered having the Eric Jumper Autography merchandise? In my opinion, it would likely raise sales volume and your prices via the sole increase in demand. Speaking of checking ego... No, no. Yeah, short answer, no. No, no, no. Speaking of ego, the last sentence of this email says, also, more content with Alex because this dude seems fun to be around. Oh. hey So that's oh, oh, oh. that's why that question got read. It's actually not, but <laughs> it's at the end of the house. Mm. I liked it. Uh, we, we have joked about I film dirt merchandise. <laughs> and the guy's famous. <laughs> I mean... Now that would sell like hotcakes. Well, I don't know. He's been to more job sites than maybe anybody in America. But I, 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 I'm not convinced about the Eric Jumper stuff yet. We're working on it. We've got to really increase that brand first. The brand <laughs> awareness of Eric Jumper. Good old Eric Jumper. <laughs> he's, he's always there to- He'd be uh, happy to sign it, but we're not saying you necessarily would want it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if you, if you really want Eric Jumper signed merchandise- which in my opinion would just be ruining your hat or whatever it may be. <laughs> no, now it just has his name on it. Reach out, write us because we have the power to make it happen. However, he's probably going to negotiate some ridiculous royalty deal. 
Well, it sounds like Jason Davenport hire a PR should get manager. a percentage if that business jumps like, oh, and then, pops off. And then like to talk to Eric, I'm going to have to go through his manager. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all kinds of problems. Oh man, it's tough. Yeah, and that's what happens when you just you, you think that you're bigger than the business, Eric Jumper. Gosh. <laughs> now, we've, now we've given Eric Jumper all this airtime. Yeah, I'm going to bleep out his name. We'll just say it was somebody we're it's talking about. Free advertising. Yeah. I'm going to have to send him an invoice. Thanks, Jason. That gives a good chuckle. I laughed when I read it the first time. I'm like, Aaron's going to hate this. I'm putting it on the podcast. It's a good question. I'm um, glad you read it. Yeah, so uh, the guest this week. David Groffalo. Okay, so this was a fun one because, I don't know, someone reached out about it and you know, these people, these bigger time people, they have like PR professionals that, yeah. that help create these, these introductions. So they came to us and said, Hey, this guy, you know, he helped create the largest merger deal in gold mining history. And you're like, that sounds cool. And I saw that. I was like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And, and, um, I really, this is one of those conversations. Like I enjoy all the conversations but I learned a lot in this conversation yeah. about how a mine is developed, everything that goes into it, how commodity markets, you know, and, and prices play a part. It's just where, you know, the sustainability component comes into play in mining and what the future of mining looks like from a workforce perspective. It was a fascinating conversation. Yeah. So if you're looking to learn more about the world of mining, how to develop a mine, how these mines come to be, I would highly recommend this episode because I, at least I know it's going to have one listen, two listens, because I know you listen to it. I'll listen to it. I'm going to listen to it again. Yeah, it was rad. So I can play back what he was explaining because I thought it was so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that. Like I'm literally going to listen to it again so I can learn more. I mean, I've I've already listened to it because I sat on the sideline and listened to the whole conversation and multiple times was like, Aaron, please ask what this is. And then he asked and I'm like, thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to know next. Yeah. And it's not, I tried to tried to keep it simple. Yeah. Um, going to our values. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. So that is the upcoming episode of dirt talk this week on Thursday, as always. I think that's a podcast. That's a podcast. Great. So if you have questions or any kind of information regarding the podcast, direct it to dirttalkatbuildwit.com. That goes right to Mr. Alex Horton. Yes, sir. And we appreciate you all listening. As always, continue to share the podcast if you can. I would really appreciate it. We would. We would appreciate that very much. Appreciate it. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Stay dirty. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.